1: welcome to this episode of Take 15. I'm Lauren Foster, Content Director at CFA Institute and joining me today is Bill Rickenstein. Uh, Dr. Rickenstein is the Powers Professor of Investments at Baylor University and a principal at Social Security Solutions. Along with Steve Horan and William Jennings, he is also the co-author of the article, Two Key Concepts for Wealth Management and Beyond, which won the Financial Analysts Award in 2012 the Graham Dodd Reader's Choice Award. Dr. Rinkenstein, welcome and thank you for being here. Thank you, Lauren. Over the past two decades, there's been a large body of work on tax-efficient investing. You claim to have boiled it down to two key concepts. What are they?
0: Okay, there are actually three key concepts, but one has been talked about a lot, and two we bring up that are not generally understood. The first one that's been talked about a lot, and it's it's a simplification, admittedly, but much of tax-efficient investing uh, literature boils down to how do you manage money right. held in a taxable account? Mm-hmm. And for a typical investor, it's boy, you want to harvest the losses, let right. the government share in the losses, and let the gains ride as long as you can. Mm-hmm. Ideally, until uh, you receive the step-up in basis at death, or right. or you donate it to an uh, appreciated asset to charity. So. Okay. That's But the two concepts we brought up, um, Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Haran and and Jennings and myself, that are not generally understood. The first is that the best way to view a tax-deferred account, by that I mean a traditional IRA, a 401k, Mm -hmm. one of these. These tax-deferred accounts, the best way to view them is it's a partnership. The government effectively owns Mm -hmm. T percent of that partnership, where T is that tax rate when you take the money out in retirement. Okay. So, if you had a let's take an example, if you had uh, I have a hundred thousand dollars in a bond fund held mm-hmm. in a four hundred one k, the best way to view that, and I'm going to be for right now I'm in a twenty five percent tax bracket in retirement, the best way to view that is it's like seventy five thousand of my after tax dollars held in a Roth, okay? Because it's every time I take a dollar out. The government gets twenty five cents, and the reason it's like having seventy five thousand in a Roth is, it turns out, my seventy five thousand of that, the government owns the other twenty five thousand of the principal in this partnership, Mm -hmm. but my seventy five thousand effectively grows tax exempt. So that's the first principle. The second one that has not generally been understood is we all know that government takes some of the returns, Mm -hmm. but they also bear for assets held in taxable accounts, they also bear some of the risk of the asset held in taxable accounts.
1: Interesting, so it's partnership and that the government bears some of the risk. Yep. So most people would be surprised to hear that um, taxes reduce risk. Um, can you explain that a little bit further?
0: Yes, and again, the, the for emphasis, the asset held in taxable accounts, if it's in a Roth, if I hold that asset in the Roth, and let's say it's a stock earning 8% returns mm-hmm. with a 16% standard deviation, I get all the returns, I bear all the risk. Right properly viewed in the tax-deferred account, that 100000 only 75000 is mine, the government holds the 25000 but again, my return grows tax-exempt. Okay. But now let's take that same stock, 8% expected return, 16% standard deviation, uh, and again, I, you know, if that's asset held on a Roth, I get the full 8%, bear the full 16% risk for mm-hmm. standard deviation. That same asset held on a taxable account by, let's say I'm an active investor, I'm going to realize gains within a couple years. Mm-hmm. So basically, keep it simple, after a year and a day, I'm going to wait, pay 15% capital gains tax rate. Three returns, negative 8, 8, and 24. Why? Because it's 8% expected return, 24% standard deviation. So for a typical three years, that's your returns. What happens? The 8% turns to 6.8. The 24% turns to 20.4. Mm-hmm. And assuming I write the loss, 8% loss off against long-term gains, it turns in a negative 6.8% return. So that same asset held in a taxable account, what's my, what's the return I get as the investor? 6.8%, mm-hmm. but the risk negative 6.8 to 20.4, it ends up being 85% of the risk of the total asset. The government's taken the other 20 the other 15%. Okay. Can
1: you give us an example of how this affects an investment decision?
0: Yes. Okay, let's t- let's take an asset location. And by that I mean let's keep things simple. We've got um, I've got a client, let's say, who has 500,000 in a Roth IRA. Mm-hmm. And 500000 in a taxable account, cost basis equal market value. Okay, and he wants approximately a 50-50 stock bond portfolio. Mm-hmm. Should he locate stocks in the taxable account and bonds in the Roth IRA or vice versa? Previously, people kind of looked at it and just looked at the return and went, Oh, 8% return, 15% tax rate, you lose 1.4% to taxes. Mm-hmm. Let's say it's a 3% bond. your ordinary income tax bracket, oh, you lose 0.84, 1.2, 0.84. We might as well, uh, let's tax shelter this one and save the 1.2%. What they ignored Mm -hmm. was risk. Mm -hmm. Here's here's the question. Whatever you hold in the Roth, you get all the return, you get all the risk. So the question boils down to this. Would you rather give the government 15% of stocks' returns And risk by holding that in the taxable account, or would you rather give them 28% Mm -hmm. of bonds returns and risk Mm -hmm. by holding that in the taxable account? Okay. And you know the 15 is better than the 28. And Mm -hmm. as it turns out, uh, you can always find an after-tax risk, after-tax return that's better by holding the stocks in the taxable accounts and the bonds Mm -hmm. in the retirement account, and ideally you know, really stocks that you're gonna allow to grow tax efficiently for a long period of time.
1: Okay, so incorporating tax efficiency into portfolio management can be very complex. Um, What's the low hanging fruit? And by that I mean, what are the easy adjustments for a wealth manager to make that would make a big difference for the client?
0: Wealth managers tend to think of working with investment decisions Mm -hmm. or helping clients work with their own portfolio. But one of the things you can do is you can say, let's help make, help the clients understand some of the tax benefits of the tax deferred account. Call Mm -hmm. it a 401k or your client has a 401k and a Roth 401k at work. First of all, those are both much more tax efficient than investing in a taxable account. If you're saving for retirement, of course. If you're saving for that car you need next year, Mm -hmm. go put it in a taxable account. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, I could take, you know, I teach at a university. So... um, you know, there's, there's one, look at the, the huge tax advantages there. The second is help them decide which of those two to invest in. Mm-hmm. Uh, my students, so somebody may come out, um, graduate in May, start in July, in a 10% tax bracket this first year because they haven't worked much. We mm-hmm. graduate in August. They, right. uh, in the 401, Roth 401k, you pay taxes this year. and the 401k, you're going to pay taxes when you take it out in retirement. Mm-hmm. Well, admittedly, we don't know for sure what your tax rate's going to be in retirement, but in a situation like that, mm-hmm. it's pretty easy. You want to put the money in the Roth 401k. Mm-hmm. So in showing them, you know, this growing tax-free for the rest okay. of your life, yep. same asset, 8% instead of 6.8%, look at the huge difference in wealth. So you can help them with those too. Okay. A third one is, is um, when calculating the asset allocation. Remember that 401k, or the ta- in this case here, or that tax deferred account, it's best viewed as a partnership. The government effectively owns, for this client, let's say they expect to be in a 25% tax bracket mm-hmm. in retirement. Instead of a calling it $100,000 in a 401k in a bond fund, think of that as $75,000. And use that when calculating your asset allocation. Okay. You'll get a more accurate calculation of the asset allocation for this reason. Embedded in that 401k is a tax liability. That's, in essence, that government partnership. Mm-hmm. They own 25% of that. It has the same purchasing power as if you had 75000 in a Roth. So let's recognize that taxes mm-hmm. existed. And by the way, for financial planners, wealth managers, I'm not making your life easier. I was working today with a client on the, mm-hmm. on the plane coming here and helping in a rebalancing, and you got to adjust for the fact that some of these are pre-tax dollars, yes. some are Roth. But the major adjustment is just taking these pre-tax dollars in the tax-deferred account, multiplying by one minus that expected tax rate in retirement. Mm-hmm. And let me emphasize on that, You turns out like, yeah, but I don't know for sure what that tax rate's going to be. Mm-hmm. I'll take me and every client I have. Mm-hmm. The traditional approach, by making no adjustment, is in, says 100000 in the 401K is the same as 100000 in a Roth. That's only true if your tax bracket in retirement or your ta- marginal tax rate in retirement is zero. Okay. I don't know for sure what mine's going to be, but the best guess isn't zero. Mm-hmm. nor is it for any of my clients right. So we you know for me it's 28% for a client I was dealing with today, 25% mm-hmm. that's I would be a, rather be approximately right than precisely wrong. Right. Uh, so it's easy to, to, to and by the way, it's not a hard concept yep. to sell to clients and to say, yeah, you're right. that's so I don't effectively own all of that. so, uh, yes, it's gonna make your life a little bit harder, but it's also a, a way to better manage money.
1: Okay, I'm glad you touched on retirement because recently President Obama in his State of the Union speech um, proposed or, or raised the issue of the MIRA or the MIRA. I'm mm-hmm. curious, do you have any uh, thoughts about that proposal?
0: <laughs> it's if to the degree we can get somebody interested and that's raising attention, right. that's positive. And yes. this case here is for people who are they're looking for the low and medium income, younger people who do not have a defined, a defined contribution plan at work. They also, these lower income people, can contribute to a traditional IRA mm-hmm. or a Roth IRA. Same income limitations, same amount they can invest in. What's the difference? They can invest those in any investment they want or portfolio. Uh, by going through Vanguard to use one example, Fidelity, T. Rowe Price, et cetera. Go look at one of their life cycle funds or target retirement date funds, and you get this diversified portfolio. What do we have with Amira? You've got, you've got to put it in government bonds. Right. You look, and it's something I do in my class, look at the recommended asset allocation for the young for whether it's T. Rowe Price, Vanguard, Fidelity, uh, and we use, you know, we looked at those three because those are the largest, but I've expanded it in mm-hmm. a couple of articles through the years and, and they slowly change their mm-hmm. opinion. But in every case through that period for the young, they want somewhere around 90% stocks, mm-hmm. U.S. and international mm-hmm. diversified. Right. And a government bond only, that simply is not a very good choice, uh, at least not according to the mm-hmm. profession here. Right.
1: Well that's a great insight. So thank you very much for sharing those and thank you for watching.
0: Copyright 2014 CFA Institute. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.